Hello, my name's Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health and I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast so please get in touch with us via Man on Inverclyde on social media and um, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email just type in support at manoninverclyde.com our landline here is 01475-910258. So yeah, get in touch with us if you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member. One of our staff members are volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Gavin Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'm delighted to be back hosting another episode of The 10 Questions, the show where we ask a different guest every week to come on and answer our 10 questions on their time following Rangers. We've had some terrific guests over the last few weeks um, uh, with some terrific answers on their time following Rangers, but for the first time ever, we've got a, a former player coming on to talk about uh, our time at, at Rangers, both following Rangers and playing for Rangers, and what a, what a first former player to have. A genuine Rangers legend, Ian Durant. Ian, how are you evening. doing? Evening, all. evening, Colin. Pleasure, absolute pleasure. No, it pleasure's all mine for having, uh, having you on, mate. So, um, I promise not to uh, kiss your arse too much at the beginning because <laughs> you probably get it a lot, but let's be honest, you'll be hard pushed to find a, a Rangers fan that, that doesn't know who you are, what you achieved at the club. But this, uh, we're probably going to talk about your playing career, but that, these 10 questions, they were usually tailored towards fans. So, probably what, um, what I'd want to know first and foremost, you were a Rangers fan before you started playing. How'd that come about? Just where I was born, Karen Park, a stone throw from Ibrox. Uh, used to walk to the games or try and skip in if I wasn't playing football. Uh, got an early age with, with, with my school in at Bella Houston, we got a chance of being a ball boy now and again. So from an early age, an early age it was just ingrained in me. Now the full family followed Rangers and it was just follow now your dad and your brothers and just follow them, that was it. Uh, you always tend to take after your dad, don't you? It's the team your dad supports, the team you end up supporting. That's oh, the right way to go about it, isn't it? It was more, more my uncle, my uncle Jimmy. Now, my dad was now, he was a scatter, so he'd maybe work with my uncle Jimmy, my mum's brother. He, he was now, now a merchant sailor, and when he came back now, he, he would take us to the games most Saturdays. Brilliant. And so, it was, wasn't it? Growing up next to Ibrox and then playing for Rangers, making your debut, and that, that must have been. But what was that like, even for like your family and that? Did you ever? If it was me and my brothers, I'd I'd be wanting to be like swaggering like Conor McGregor, man. If if it was me, <laughs> it was just oh, where we came from now, the the whole like part turned a bit. But it was just I lived the dream. You know, when you you get the opportunity when you're 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 standing in the old dairy watching the game or skipping in now to the 
centenary stand, uh, that was it. And you, you always wanted to follow your boy Hutero. Did I think for a minute it would tap? No, you don't. But as I said, I got the opportunity and I, and I loved it. Now, from day one, uh, the coaches, Stan Anderson, Joe Mason, David Proven, now they take me on board and teach me away. And obviously under John Gregg, who was the first manager, and then the second manager who played me, Joe Wallace, now in Green and Inky, what, what a Ranger was all about. And uh, just, as I say, I lived the dream. And uh, I was fortunate enough to... to I've done that jersey a few hundred times, so it was a great pleasure for me, and obviously my my family are very proud. Amazing. So you've got you've got so many choices to choose from when answering these questions, mate. Both as a as a fan, either side of your playing career, and then for your playing career as well. So ten yeah. questions, one answer each. How hard did you find find it to narrow down to one answer for each of them? Oh, there's a few. It's living else. There's always when you're when you're thinking about, and then two minutes later, something else will pop up, and then another name will pop up, and then you forget about that. And another name will pop up, and then another venue, and then another place. It's living else now. As I said, I was fortunate enough over the years to be in so many special places and uh, play with so many special players. That's the thing. Now, trying to be pick out individuals is very hard for me because in my time, I, I, I thought I played in special teams, and, and there were special players, but we had a great bond in our team through the manager who, who were big on that and I thought that's a big thing that stuck with me. Now, the, the, the players in the dressing room, I, I don't miss playing or training. Now, I just miss the dressing room, getting in the morning, a Monday morning and missing the banter. That's the thing you miss. I think that's what, the, well, obviously come on to the questions, but when when a lot of fans think about that nine, nine in a row team, I think the, the biggest thing that they do talk about is the characters in the dressing room and just that, that team bond and that togetherness. That was... Um, uh, even 30 years on, it's still apparent and that's a lasting memory of that, that team at the time. Yeah, a special team. Uh, as I said, even before that, the groundwork went into the nine in a row. It was all hard work. Started off with the gaffer, Graham. Then the gaffer took over, Walter, and I uh, just carried on in the batting. And uh, unfortunately, we missed out in 10, but some great characters now, the goalie, Gaza, Goffey, McCoy, Ian Ferguson, even the foreign boys, Loudo, Jockey, Beortland, now, what, what you used to say, one madman would leave, and another madman would come in and take his place. And it was just, it was just like a, a bit of jigsaw went out, and another bit of the jigsaw was replaced. And, and they were all great. And the, the good thing about them, they were all talented football players. Ah, oh, it's always a bonus, isn't it, when you're when you're trying to go for trophies. <laughs> so let's say, uh, aye, let's start from the top then. Ian, um, what's your your favourite ever Rangers goal? Oh, there's, there's that many, but I think now I was fortunate enough to score against Celtic a few times, and they're the ones that always come up. Uh, and uh, just at the first time, it was, just, it was actually my third game against Celtic, and I scored. And it was a game that wasn't televised. Now, the, 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 I think the old firm had fell out with the BBC, and it was you can get it in a camcorder. I've watched it on YouTube a few times, but you don't actually see me. You just hear the roar and some of the shouts for fright and some of the tackles, and it, it, I don't even think it hit the back of the net. It just it, it creeped over the line, but that, that's just it. And then my usual, I made a B1 freestyle closure. Uh, I knew my brothers not been there. And after that, and I was I was given the freedom of Cannon Park after that. After scoring against Celtic, that was me. So I was a free man at Cannon Park, and it was just now it wasn't the most spectacular goal, but it's just <laughs> the goal, and it set me on the road to stardom. And, and what what year was that? What age were you then? I was 18, and that was in 1985 at Ibrox. We beat on 3-0 myself, uh, Super David Cooper and, and Super Ali scored. And it was a it was a memorable game because we were under a wee bit of pressure at the time and Celtic 
were the dominant team, but we, we turned up that day. We were actually outstanding. And Big Jock gave us a, a a great team talk before the game, which now set us on the way to a three 0 victory. Eighteen year old and scoring against Celtic at Ibrox. That's so that I'm got. I'm probably saying got. I'm probably got to send a wee bit daft here. Sorry when I asked you, but hear me out. So, <laughs> oh, so what's it like? D do you manage to enjoy it at the time? Because see, see at the stands when, obviously it's electric when we throw against Celtic, but then it's just that old firm nerves. I could, we could be throwing that up and I, I, my nerves don't settle until the final whistle goes. Do you oh, get to enjoy it at the time? I've been there calling, watch the game and I'll bag a jag. See, see when you're younger and you're throwing the environment, you, 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 do, you, you do enjoy it. I know it sounds daft, but as you get older, you, you, you now... Your wee fart and clapper starts going to be a bit more, but uh, <laughs> you, you, you just you, you relish the moment. But the, the big thing uh, with my family and all that being at the game, and now half a can in part turn out now being a, a local boy, you, you don't want to let any of your pals out. And that was the thing. So I was going out, as I said, at a younger age, 18, there was no inhibition. I just went out and enjoyed it. And then you take it for granted. Now you think, oh, this is a doddle beating Celtic 3 0. Then you get a rude awakening sometimes when they give you a doom. But that fortunate enough, that, that never happened too often. But again, it was the way the way it was, and, and big job. Now he'd rely on the older players, the more experienced players, and, and let the younger ones go and enjoy it. We knew we had legs. Myself, Derek Fergus, we played Hugh Burns and Robert Fleck, and they're the four young boys. And so we're going in, and, but we were in there merit, and he likes a coist to uh, David Cooper, uh, Dave McKinnon, Ali Dawson, Derek Johnson. They were all part of the team, and they, they gave us a great grounding. But it was just it was. You want to make your debut, and uh, you now you want to play, and you you want to make sure you make a an impact, and I made an impact, and I carried on from there, and had a great record against Celtic. Happy days, started you mean to go on then? I suppose, uh, that's <laughs> exactly that's the way it is. So, good one to kick us off with. Um, on to the next question: Where's the strangest place you found yourself watching a Rangers game? We're up. Uh, Graham Souness took his. One time in, in a tour of Switzerland, and, and just we did, we started off really badly. We got we got a thumping off Zurich five 0 but, but, but for some reason we, we were up, just into pre season and we're only up and running yet. So he, he hastily arranged this game in the mountains against FC Sion, who were up there in the mountains. And it was honestly up in the mountains, and there was these goats round about. <laughs> it, was like, it was something that uh, uh, the Von Trapp family, and you know the hills are up, and we're just sitting there. And, now you get the start, the starting eleven. And I, 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 I started the second half, and uh, so you're sitting there in the first half watching it, and just this sitting in the Swiss Alps, and it's just the most <laughs> unsurreal now atmosphere, but just a beautiful place. And then again, we won that game, and then we kicked on pre-season, but just sitting there in this grass embankment watching Rangers play. Now I don't know, maybe three or four thousand feet above sea level in Switzerland was, and you get the usual now the fans find out the game is so the usual fans there. And there's, there's beer and there's big burgers and sausages and everything flying about, and you can see this burger van. It's just watching it, and it was just it's a, like now sometimes you pinch yourself in some of the places you've been at. Is that Vladdy right? Kafkas? Was Vladdy Kafkas was an interesting one? Now where it where it was situated, but <laughs> again we get a great result. That was an interesting journey. Oh, get to get to Vladdy Kafkas. How long did that take us to get there? Oh, I think we were there for about, I think it was about three days. We had to uh, Glasgow, uh, Moscow, and then stop Moscow where we Jimmy Bell gets all his hampers <laughs> raided <laughs> and usual through uh, customs. Then we get to Vladdy Kafkas and again, we, we, Jimmy's, we Jimmy's hampers get a tanker again. So uh, just 
now you know what it's like just everything and we get there you feel as though you've been on a plane for about three days but it was it was good and again the result made up for it because we did a great result in Valley Kafka's Aye, so the journey back must have been enjoyable. Um, I, I take it they, they still served you a beer in the planes back in the oh, days. We, we got a beer and a wee red wine coming back. Um, and the, the funny thing is we, we flew, now obviously it was a chartered flight and it was Nicky Lauda Airlines. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. He's good at racing cars. He's got lovely planes and we come back and then again we stopped off in Moscow and then back to Glasgow. Brilliant. So, the the next uh, the next question is kind of along the same lines. Ian, um, what's your what's your favourite ever trip or day away with Rangers or like away game? I suppose. Oh, there's, there's been obviously the European ones, but they, they again they, they used to entail a few, a few days, been to some great places. But there was, there was a great time in a a game when Graham Souness uh, organised a game against Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> and we're playing we, we arranged the game and just Graham being Graham arranged the game so we, we played on the Thursday we've got a league game on the Saturday and the SFA were they weren't too happy so he, he took us to Monaco for a day and we enjoyed it we went and played Monaco then come back right after the flight and all the wives and the girlfriends went shopping cost the boy you know, the boys a few bob but it was like now that's the way it is Graham being Graham or, now didn't think the team were doing well and organised the game but uh, the way he was and just arranged it so that was us went Went to Monaco, played Monaco, beat them two one, then back in the flight about five o'clock. That you must have been buzzing here and that just a wee day trip, a wee mini holiday halfway <laughs> through your working week. I, it, it does. I think I don't think we played too well on a Saturday, and then all of a sudden, right, just bring uh, passports and, and now the way it was, bring passports uh, Thursday morning, so we arrived arrived at Glasgow Airport, and if you want to bring your wife, your girlfriend, and that was it. So I was fucking out with my girlfriend at the time, so she had a wee trip to Monaco, and that was great. And all the wives, as I said, the wives had a great day. Now we, we get to Monaco early doors, and they can go shopping, and they turn up for the game. You're in the, the principality, and then they enjoyed it, and that was the way it was. And we come back, and then we get a great result on the Saturday, so the journey was worthwhile. I definitely worked, but I'd, uh, you could have given me a hundred guesses what you would have got after him soonest after a bad result on a Saturday. I tipped him on the goal when they'd been wanting him. I oh, know exactly. You shown his soft side to him there for once. <laughs> nah, I bet you that didn't happen too often. <laughs> I can't remember. I can, on one hand, I don't think I remember that much. Well, this is a memorable time you got a hold of. It's the only thing I got off him. <laughs> So the next one, Ian, um, what's, uh, and I suppose I'll open this up to uh, the training ground as well because you've probably got a few a few belters, especially when we go back to the, what we were saying at the start, where the, the team you, you played in and all the characters. What's, uh, what's the funniest thing you've seen at a Rangers game or during your training days? Oh, the, the training days is the one, again, with me and Sunis involved. In a, and then we, we played the Scotland-England games on a Friday. And there's a, and myself, Coiste, David Cooper, Derek Ferguson, Jimmy Nick Coiste played for us in Northern Ireland. We were against Terry Butch, Roberts, uh, Chris Woods, Ray Wilkins, Trevor Francis. But soon as used to play for, for England, now because you know, he spent most of his career down there. But we, we were delighted anyway, because any time he played in our team, we'd get beat. So we're there and we're playing and we're doing the usual, the Gallus Scots. And uh, we're, we're three or, I think we're three or four up. He says we weren't, but we were. And, uh, all of a sudden, we're flicking the ball about in his region, and you can see he was coming for somebody. So, who does he pick on me? Eight and a half stone, uh, 
have to run about in the shell to get wet. And, and so he's come in with this horrendous tackle. <laughs> and, I, and I sort of knew the wee bit wobble, sort of like bump, bump and back up again. But, but I'm looking up and I'm getting the ball at my feet and I've said to him now the gaffer, is that your best? <laughs> and he said, no, this is. He gave me a right hook. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I wasn't doing a wee wobble with that one. I wasn't getting back up, and and uh, as I'm going doing, I can see Coyston Butcher, and, uh, David Cooper's got Graham Roberts and a, and a half Nelson, Jim and Nichols rolling about with, with Ray Wilkins, and <laughs> just absolute madness. And uh, but he, he created it and he loved it because we're all fighting with each other, and that, that was the thing he loved. Now he said how we train and how we play, and, uh, but it didn't really work out that way because it. We get beat with the United three two the next day, <laughs> <laughs> so so that sort of goes against the grain. But just one of these days now, now we're competitive and that's the way he wanted it. Now as I say, now he wanted us to train the way we played. Aye, and that definitely translated onto the pitch, didn't it? I don't think there was too many right hooks uh, getting thrown on the pitch. To oh, be no, fair, but no, there was a couple of these tackles, but there wasn't too many right hooks. I I, I got the right hooks, and uh, but again, just that's the way it was. And as I said now. You wouldn't have spoke to it for a minute, but it was funny, but <laughs> he dished out a fair right hook I made. What's it? I'm curious to know, what's the aftermath of that? Like, does he does he apologise there and then, or does he does he apologise at all, I suppose? That's... Well, he, he did, but he, he came into the, 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 there's a meeting, and you're going, oh no, what's going to happen now? So you're sort of, and he came in and he goes, well, he sort of apologised, but the way Graham now he, he, now he's making out that's the way I want it and all that so you, you quickly forgot about it and then now you're as I, I looked around the restaurant with Brown I've got a sort of like an ice pack just below my cheek and David Cooper's got an ice pack in his lap Graham Roberts has got an ice pack in his shin and <laughs> boys <laughs> their knuckles and that and that's but as I said it, it didn't really work to our favour because we get beat the next day but that's the way it was then. now you, you're great characters and great winners now obviously the gaffer Terry Butcher Coop Coisty uh, all the people and that's the way that's training was and as I said now we, we sat down and had a laugh after it change days for football nowadays isn't it oh it's chaos I know and, and the best it was now that we, we trained at the old Albion and the, the fans were in they were watching it now they come in on a Friday and they're seeing us all rolling about the ground <laughs> 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 oh dearie me man Oh. <laughs> no, you 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 be, be up in the high court and front page of or uh, everything. Uh, but it's just that's nothing. There's no social media at that time, so there's no mobile phones. Just word of mouth, and you went like, "Ah, oh, but it's not. We weren't fighting." <laughs> God, God help the the poor grander or something. Just thinking that oh, I'll take my take my grandkids up to watch Rangers <laughs> train that Friday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, we're all cursed and swearing and shouting, "Ball, I'm going to have you!" Oh, that's the way it was. But uh, listen, sometime now you're. you're Sometimes training became a bit, a bit volatile and that's the way it is and sometimes people let off steam and that's the way it is. You just got on with it. All right, so um, only the, the next two questions are, are based around the players um, and again, it's either players you played with or players you watched as a fan either side of your career um, and uh, it probably is a wee bit unfair to uh, keep this one in. So um, the next one is... Uh, Who's the Rangers player that you didn't quite rate, but everybody else seemed to love? I didn't rate. Aye. Uh, no, there's no many. No, I can't. There's, there's a few people that have struggled uh, who I thought there would have been world beaters when it first came. Now, Pierre Van Vossen at training at times was unbelievable. Absolute electric, but didn't really see me now hit the heights 
now when you see now what you've done for the Dutch national team. Uh, there's a few Jan Batram now again maybe couldn't handle the size of the club now and uh, but great guys and now came with great pedigrees we stole the stensas again came with a big price tag but again couldn't handle it and uh, but other things but I, I wouldn't I would, they, they gave their all but just sometimes now well, it's been well documented that the, 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 the weight of the badge on some players is, is, is too much to carry and uh and again, but now they, they're 10 out of 10 in terms of their effort and that, but sometimes it just doesn't work for you. But as I said, now the, the level of bullets so many players had and it just never kicked off them. Obviously, like as Rangers fans and an element of bias, but growing up being Rangers fans and watching watching Rangers week in, week out, we, like, we get the gravity of the club. How... How... How shocked did you used to see like the foreign players come in? Like, did they understand the the size of the club, or did it take them a, a bit of time to adjust? Were they were they surprised at it? Some some took a bit of time, but they knew they knew the enormity of the club. Oh no, that that was that was ground in them. Don't worry about that in the dressing room. Now that now, now I think Jockey Botland knew nearly every song and everything about Rangers sitting next to Ian Ferguson within ten minutes of meeting them. Uh, that's just the way it was. Now, and now you, you try to tell them as much as you can. Now, be prepared. Now, there's what happened. Now, there's two newspapers grasping for ten stories a day in Glasgow, and uh, just that. But they, they grasped it loud up. Now, Beotland, now George Alberts, Jesus, Jonas Tern for a short time he was there. They, they, all, they, all, they, they, they loved the club. Uh, and even when you see them now, the, the, the way they speak about Amaruso, Gattuso, now Negri. The way they talk about the club now, now like their second home, and uh, that, but that came for the gaffer. Now, as I said, now getting these players in into the dressing room, and as it's hard now because they're coming out their comfort zone, obviously from a country and then coming to Glasgow. But the dressing room at that time was tight. Uh, some great characters, and I think it made it a lot easier for the foreign boys to to come in and enjoy themselves and play the level of football that some of them produced. Aye, it's um, it's it's a very easy club to fall in love with, and the players you, you mentioned there, it's uh, you'd be you, you can't be a football fan at all if you're not even moved by like some of the nights you see at Ibrox. It's unbelievable. It's it's the way that it's not even just now. Even now, when they're welcome back, now they they get the red carpet. Michael Moles can't speak highly enough. Arthur Newman, uh, I, the Boer brothers were over yesterday saying how much they loved the club. Now, albeit not, uh, Frank was only here for four or five months, but he said. Four or five months was you know, so enjoyable. Uh, George Alberts, now the hammer. He just, he, he, I think he's got, I think he's got a flat in Glasgow. Now George, now the amount of times he's over, and big, as I say, big ammo, and it's great. But now that the club, they, they play a special part, a special part in everybody's heart. And uh, now if you're doing well, everybody knows it's, it's just, it's breathtaking what the club can do for you. Aye, so. The other other side of the, these questions, then, mate. It's um, well, we call it the Sasta Patch Award because uh, growing up, he was he was my first proper unsung hero at a time. You know, yeah. when I was a teenager, then classic seven out of ten. So this is the Sasta Patch Award. But who's your Rangers unsung hero? I know. I actually forgot to mention Big Sasha, Big Mister Dead. He was horizontal, um, Peely Wally complexion, but. Uh, for me, when I was playing, there was a wee guy who played left back. You should know, and uh, I don't know how many left backs Graham Soonis tried to bring in, but we, we Matt, 
wee Matt Monroe, uh, just shrugged his shoulders. He got on with it and, and played nearly every week. And uh, he was there. And he's again now, as you say, the steady Eddie. Uh, seven or eight, we Stuart. Great defender, great going forward, and great in a night out. And, uh, he, he was a special player. And as I said now, now I mentioned left backs and left backs and left backs, but he's Jury. Always turned up, never missed training. And uh, I think it was a 20,000 fine from Falkirk. I think Alec Taunton discovered him and came in and what a job he'd done. We'd, we've actually spoken about Stuart Monroe a couple of times in the pod in the last couple of years and a few people say the same thing that the first thing they say is Graham's finished kept on trying to replace him but <laughs> that's like above and beyond like football and ability see having the character take him back for that or even raise your game that that must take some doing right, but, but as I said the, with Stuart he, he, was, he was great uh, great mentality uh, great desire and, and came and there's everything else now. Sometimes there's, there's obstacles thrown in front of you, and uh, but you just you push them away, push them to the side. And Miss Jury, as I said, come in and you you you, you get total respect for players that because they, they really share every moment they've got at the club. And uh, if somebody's maybe going to say I'm going to bring a left back, and you're determined not to make it your last game. And Miss Jury, I said now stuck away, and and get back in the team, and then performed again. Then another another player would come, but now we get back in the team and play again. And then just you know, if you look at the games and the honours he's won for the club, and an outstanding contribution to the club, he's sure. No, that's a good choice to to award the unsung hero title. Oh, to. Different class he was. Brilliant. Do you think, um, think it's probably now um, fans who were maybe younger at the time watching Stuart Monroe or even like young adults that they're looking back and and recognising him enough. Jenky gets the recognition enough now looking back. I don't, I don't think it is because in, in that team there's there's few now the, the iconic players that sit out. But me Stuart, as I said, now was there. Never let anybody down. And as I said, now it's when you're when you're winning things, there is players now. There is you know your marquee players at the time we had now with Butcher, Cooper, McCoy, Terry Butch, uh, Woodsy, Graham Roberts, all now high profile signings. But you know, there is now the ones now I'm, I'm talking about myself, Derek Fergus. Now the, the kids that come through now, you just shoot them rows. even your Ted McMahon's that come in now from now like, minimal money and come in and, and contributed to the club. And they're, they're the ones that now, as I said, we usually, we usually call them the steady, you know, the steady pegs that fly under the radar, but they're always there when they're required. And that me, Stuart Monroe was always there, and they would play anywhere. I, I know a couple of times, but Duke Andrews is now obviously left back, but he's playing it right back and covering for people. And it was just a great to have him. But as I say, in the dressing room, he was a wee silent assassin as well. And now, the night suit, now, he was there to the death, wee Stuart. So it was a great boy. It's always a quiet one, Janet, watching the night. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, he's got a wee Australian background. So I think he could stay now. He could stay the full three miles at Cheltenham. <laughs> Fair play to him. So, on to the, the next question, then. Um, and again, these questions are. Like we try and leave them vague as uh, as many vague ones in as we can, open to your own interpretation. But what's your what's your biggest Rangers regret, if any? Obviously the injury. Uh, just that was that. Now when you're flying, then you're, you're, all of a sudden the, the the train comes off the tracks, and uh, that's that's the, just a, a just a, a moment in my career. Now regrettable, yes, but. Unfortunately, off the club now stuck by me, and, and no stone was unturned in terms of getting 
the medical medical advice, the medical structure to get me back playing again. And I'm eternally grateful to the club because after the a couple of times they were unsuccessful, but they they went and uh, sourced America and got me American. As I said, now I, I want to just get back playing again. I, I didn't know what level I'd get back. At. I just wanted to get back and put on the jersey. Maybe for one more time, I'd have been that I'd have been made and have been made up. And then, but again, I get back to a level, uh, not the level. I was nowhere near the level I could have been or should have been. But just getting back playing, and I had to adapt my whole game again in terms of changing it. But that, that's the only thing. The rest of it's been now winning things, uh, meeting people, special people, special friendships. Uh, and that's now, uh, it was just it was a sore one. But as I said, now there's a lot worse things have happened. You see what's going on just now in, over in Russia and that now. There's, there's a lot worse things in, in me getting injured, but that, that, that was a sore one. And uh, But I get back, and, I, and as I said now, you, you run it for your comeback game and there's nearly 30, 35,000 people showing their appreciation for you now. It's, it's mind-boggling to think now, I'm going out now in normal reserve game and think there may be three or 400 and then all of a sudden they're coming in the droves, they're coming in for everywhere. And uh, that's the thing that lives me for now the rest of my life now. Yes, it was taken away from me, but I battled back and I get back to a, a level I thought now was a respectability in terms of playing. No, and it's uh, what what a comeback it was. With the length of time and the, the nature of the injury, and he came back and be successful. And as you say, like just have that still have the fans adore you turning up like that for right. a reserve game. It's um, it's just testament to 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 yourself really, um, and what you were doing for the club. But just the, the fans now. I'm I'm a fan. I'm, uh, grown up, died in the will, and now, but that just shows you now that day was just now a fan appreciating the fans turning up, and it was just a, a memorable day. And uh, the thing about it was, is it was a touch man. It was one of the last times my dad seen me playing, and um, he died not long after that. And uh, but so I got he got to see me back playing again, and that was the main thing because um, during the time my, my dad suffered you now, obviously me being out injured. And being a grumpy so and so, but he was always there to reassure me I was going to get back playing again. So sad times, but good times. Aye, and it must have. Aye, it's just echoing what you say. Like you're, you're not the only one that was delighted to see you come back. Um, the, the whole Rangers support. So it's, it's a, it's a comeback for to test it, uh, to last the test of time. It's still <laughs> what we talk about. My debut in uh, my debut against Morton in 1984, and, and my comeback game against Hibs uh, Reserves was the only time Cannon Park shut down two days. <laughs> Come and watch me. Cannon <laughs> Park's favourite son, Ian Durant. Eh? Wouldn't they have it any other way? <laughs> That's a great place. So, any of the, the last three questions? Next one. Taking the bringing the mood back up a wee bit because we don't want to talk too much about. No, regrets. no, no, no. That was so, a, that's something yeah. we know. That's forgot about. So, what's your favourite Rangers song? Oh, I love the the Blue Sea Eye books. Yeah, uh, just the way it is, and uh, all the songs. Uh, obviously, you get follow, follow. I mean, that, that's just that's the nature of the beast. Now, the, the songs now when they're coming out the tunnel, you hear these now forty thousand bells belting it out. Now, that's for you. That's for you know. That's when you finally know you've made it when now you come out and you hear the now they stands now follow follow Rangers and it's just it's an incredible atmosphere. 
there's other songs now you get involved in, but now due to the, the content, we can't go there. But that's just that was just part and parcel when you went and watched the Angels, you sang these songs. But uh, but now it's 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 fairly mature now and tapered. And then I think now the Union Bears bring a great advert in terms of the songs they make up and what they do now. I think they've got to the club now and they bring a great atmosphere to it. They do, and you notice, you notice when they, and there's very few occasions when the Union Bears are on it um, on their game, but you notice where there's a couple, couple of times in the last couple of years where I think they've done a silent protest for the first half, and then there was another oh, game where it was goes, and you see the difference in Ibrox, don't you? Oh, of course, and, and the players will react to that as well because they, they are the, the 11th man, I think, now. They were on the ropes against Dortmund just before half time, and they had that wee spell. But the Union Bears raised it again and got us to half time. Then now the second half, they turned out again. And you can see it, it after you watch the game and you see all the players that now their appreciation to grow up and seeing them after the game and second to none. Uh, would, you, would you like to see those? I know the Union Bears have been. Uh, like campaigning to speak to the club about getting maybe a bigger section for themselves or even a safe standing section. Is it something you'd ever like to see at Ibrox? It'd be great uh, if it creates an atmosphere. Now, I always, I always love the Eastern enclosure, the, the atmosphere that created. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's supply and demand now. Now The demand for tickets and now season tickets is going through the roof. Now the club being successful. And if they can accommodate now, I'm sure. But there, now there is that now. People... Obviously, trying to get season books all over the place. So, if now a lot of clubs are trying to interpret the, the safe standing, and I think if it creates a bit of atmosphere now, you, you've got to get them into the now into the grounds now because there is I know the old city stadium for the the safety aspect. But now, I just I just remember that East enclosure. Now, some of the times I was in it, <laughs> and some of the times I was on the field watching it, and it just looked as though it was bouncing all over the place. Nice. So I think um, for me, just hearing the stories about the old East enclosure as well, never lucky enough to experience them. But it's oh, it's, it's the stuff of legend, man. And if we even if we can even get a fraction of that back to to let us see it, it'd be it'd be fucking phenomenal. It really would. Oh, frightening! Absolutely frightening. So you're going for uh, the Blue Sea Eye is your your favourite song then? Yeah, it's, it's a great. It's always a great song, and I think now. For us older ones, now, sort of, that's the song we sing. Nah, no, I'm, I'm always, I'm always a wee bit apprehensive when I ask that question in case somebody gets me shut down. But that's. Oh yeah, fine. Don't nah, worry. No, I'm always okay. <laughs> Only the next one, mate. Um, so second last question: If you could relive one Rangers moment or one day in your in your lifetime, what one would it be? Uh, several, uh, but honestly, my debut. The, the day you live the dream, uh, Morton, 1985, April 1985 at Morton, uh, and all the most libraries are uh, stadiums, but that's where I made my debut, and I remember in the tunnel, and obviously there is nerves, obviously make your debut, and you know, David Cooper's, and now David Cooper's behind me and just gives a wee tap, and says don't be afraid to make any mistakes, we man, and uh, I felt 10 foot tall after that, now you look at David Cooper, and now, the time it took just to make my debut, now, it could be easier just to sit in the tunnel and I'll stand in the tunnel and just let me get out. But he, he reassured me and I went on. And uh, we won 3 0, Super Alley got a hat trick, and then had a couple of assists for Coist, and then we struck up a great relationship. But that that, that just, now, that was a day now I dreamed of and, and wanted so much to play for Rangers. And I, I made it at debut uh, at Morton, and that's now, that's the ultimate. 
for me, just making your debut. You maybe only get one game. I, was, yeah. I said I was fortunate enough to play a right few times, but that, if that be one one only, that 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 we made up in heaven. It must, you, you said just you felt ten foot tall uh, after David Cooper saying that to you, but it must be it must be surreal just lining up for your like a young young guy being a boyhood fan. Lining up with the likes of David Cooper, Alan McCoy, Ali Dawson, that's oh, already. Derek Johnson was playing as well, and, uh, and big, big gas meter, Peter McCloy, and uh, Sean Mays now. And it, but they were great, as I said now, the uh, big joke had no qualms. Uh, Robert Fleck played that day as well, and uh, it was just that was it. The experienced boys looked after you, but you went out and I just made sure I was going to make you know, an impact, and, and I did. And I stayed in the team until the end of the season, and then carried on from there for the next once a few seasons after that. Yeah, you'll only ever get one debut, so I'm, I'm glad it was a happy one, mate. That's it. So yeah, so that was good. It was a great day in a super rally again with a hat trick. So that was just things to come, and, and years later, they were still doing it, and we were still. Seen each other, and he still reminds me about my debut. And I'm scoring a hat trick. Only him, only he would steal the show. Only. Oh yeah, I, I, listen, I, he's, he's done it a million times now. I just accept it now. <laughs> so, the tenth and final question. I need two answers for you here. So, if you can, if you could go for a drink with with any Rangers manager, past or present, and any Rangers player, past or present, who would you take for a pint? I would be uh, maybe the guy from Coyster. Uh, sadly missed again. I know. Uh, I'd just love to see him again. Uh, hear his voice a lot now in, in terms of on social media. But sad. It was a sad day. He went to Elifiz. That's uh, a cruel disease. But uh, just I'd, I'd love to sit sit down myself, the guy from Coyster, and have his wee favourite glass of red and a wee Italian, which he loved. And. Uh, Talk, we've always done talking about football, talking about Rangers. Brilliant, and it's obviously the the tributes to Walter Smith's been been fitting and been amazing, and they've you know what we're still talking about him. Like, uh, such a special man, and to thousands and millions of supporters who've never had a chance to meet him. I've never had a chance to meet him, but I, I see him as the Rangers father mm-hmm. figure. He's as soon as you said the gaffer. I, I knew you didn't mean Sunnis, you didn't mean McLeish, you didn't mean well. I knew you meant Walter Smith. That's, I see him as the Rangers manager. Um, it's, but it must have been such an honour to spend so much time with him. It, it was, and you know, and I'm in a forced position. Call him a now. I can call him a friend and a, a great friend at that. And uh, who all know he's my manager and he looked after me when I was looking through the bad days with injury and my mentor. And, Everything, but we became really great friends uh, along with Kelsey and Coach and obviously Roy Graham Sunnis and other people. And then, now I valued him as a, a great friend, not as a manager, but that was the main thing for me. And the great relationship with his family and everything, and still do it to this day. Uh, but special, special, special man, as I said, but sadly missed. Can I hear you now? Can you hear me? Oh, sorry, can you hear me now? That's it. No, I muted myself by accident. Um, oh, no. But no, absolutely, Walter Smith, um, 
sadly missed, as you say, but the other special man yeah. you, you spoke about there, the everybody's favourite cheeky wee guy, Alan McCoyst, um, he's, uh, he, even for an outside looking in, for a fan's perspective, again, millions of folk have never met him, but he's, he's so un, unanimously, universally loved, even now when he's doing his commentary, he's, um, but is it, is it, is he still a Wido nowadays? Oh, he's, uh, he's, he's wide on the Clyde, but he's a, he's a unique Wido. Coyste, uh, if people have never met Coyste, if you ever get a chance, or he's, he's in company. Good. Charming, uh, great boy, funny, uh, wicked sense of humour, as we all have now we had to in that restroom, but just an all-round good guy. Uh, he's probably my best friend in football. Uh, still talk regular. I still give him pelters in the morning with his own talk sport. If he gets a question wrong, I'm on text not listening. It's just good. But the only thing is we, we don't be up as much now. Uh, maybe due, due to our age and uh, <laughs> we can't handle it as much. But he's uh, Cheltenham's coming up, so I'm going to give him a call and uh, see what he's doing Cheltenham time and maybe get a couple of days with him down at Cheltenham. Cut of beers, cut of bets, and a cut of reminders that he's scored a hat trick oh, in your debut. Probably, I'll bring a hat trick. It's it's a it's a couple of drinks, but it's, it's just try to get a bet on because it's that busy and you you you'll just take a place for or, or go to the tote now. You'll have a couple of drinks and you'll probably forget there's a race on or something. It's, it's amazing what a place it is. If you ever get a chance in the bucket list, get down to Cheltenham. What an experience. Aye, it's, I've only been in races once, and uh, my my bank balance was <laughs> too pretty the next <laughs> oh, day. So then I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Sometimes you get carried away, but uh, no, like, get get the place put on the mall, and that that just that's it. If it's, if it's down in the first race, then that's you just have a couple of share bits after that. Happy days. Well, Ian, that's um, that's the end of the ten questions. Um, no, but it was a uh, it was. Mm-hmm. Brilliant to listen to you um, and listen to you go through. But how was it for you, Grundon? Memory. Pleasure. Honestly, I've not I've not been doing a lot of social media stuff for a while now, and, and it was great to come on. And thanks very much. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a few uh, a few listening. And uh, but thanks again, Colin. I appreciate it. And uh, ten great questions. Oh, and hope I didn't make you feel too old when I asked you what age your debut was, mate. <laughs> I can tell with the grey hair are old them all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, thanks again, and thank you to everybody that's listening. As always, really appreciate you tuning in. And I, if you want to come on and answer your ten questions on your time following Rangers, try and top Ian Durant's. I dare you to come on and try. Oh, no, there'll be plenty to top me, but good luck, and uh, I hope uh, you get as many clicks and viewers and everything. So any, anybody listening, click on and. Gee, Colin, I mentioned, uh, he's doing a sterling job and a great job. So once again, Colin, thank you. No, thank you, Ian, and take care, everyone. Pleasure, same to you.